Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, welcome, welcome. I feel like that's a good way to start. I think last week I also said welcome twice. So welcome, welcome. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're having a good morning or a good evening, wherever you are and whatever day it is and whatever time. I hope that even if you aren't doing as well as you'd like to be, that you are offering yourself that space to just feel exactly how you're feeling, to not try to change it, to just be yourself. And hopefully if it's not as good as you would like, if you allow yourself to feel the not so good feelings, then eventually you will feel better. That's the trick. That is the trick, <laughs> or oh, I shouldn't call it a trick. That is a secret for sure that um, it took me a while to learn actually, to understand that a lot of our more uncomfortable emotions, it's really easy for us and for me, I used to try to get rid of them right away, which I know that we've kind of spoken about before a little bit, but it is interesting because I have noticed this the last little while that, for instance, somebody's telling me about a time when their feelings were hurt or when they had a kind of a, how we would perceive like a negative reaction to something. So like anger or irritation anything that doesn't like feel super good. Right. And when they're telling me about this, it's like a knee jerk reaction to minimize it, to say, Oh, and then I got really mad, but you know, it's because I've been overworked lately or I haven't been getting enough sleep and I have too much on my plate or, you know, I'm hormonal or, you know, so many reasons. And I feel that that is a really common thing. I know that I do that completely when I'm not super aware of how I'm moving through the world. I 100% will kind of bat away or explain away why I have a certain reaction to something that I find uncomfortable. Like if you get you know, like a rush of embarrassment or like a little bit of jealousy. It's so easy for us to just push it aside, to move away from it. But when we do that, then we're just bypassing. We're just scooting around what really needs to be looked at. What's asking for us to pay attention to. And then what happens when we don't pay attention to it? Like I've mentioned many times before, 
it can manifest or show up in different ways that we will pay attention to it. So like physical pain or anxiety, panic, our nervous system on overload, way too exhausted, not being able to eat, having, you know, like a clenched up stomach because so many of our emotions are just expressions of our energy. And that's what I've really been seeing a lot lately, that there are many people that are wanting to make these changes in their life and in their lives because of what we've all experienced collectively around the globe the last almost two years now. And that really can shake us up. It can make us have a little bit more of a closer, wider, clearer picture of what isn't working in our lives. But that's not easy. So there's so many people right now, and maybe you're one of them, that want to make a big change in your life that you know what's not working whether it be your job or a relationship or, or anything like it doesn't have to be big, but that you have like this clarity around how you're feeling. And instead of just accepting that you're really, really understanding like, Oh, guess what? I don't want to feel like this. And this feeling is actually showing me that I should not be doing that thing every day that I normally do, or maybe there's a reason that I was with this person, but I don't think I should be anymore. Taking a real look at our lives, which is one of the gifts of, you know, the great tragedy of that pandemic, is that it offered us kind of a new perspective, which is very hard to do, to actually change our perspective on things. That is difficult because when you change your perspective, then everything changes and change is very challenging. You know, when I was a teenager, I had really tried my best to kind of turn off any sensitivity I had, which really took me away from any part of my intuition because I, I really just wanted to not be so sensitive. So I did, I stopped allowing myself to feel all of the feelings. So the only feelings I really felt were like angst and disdain and kind of judgment and a little bit of sadness, but mostly just like apathy just like not caring either way about things. But the one thing I do remember, and this is why I'm bringing this up, hopefully it's interesting, is that I loved changing things. Like my room, I would always change it around. I would always change where my bed would go. I would change everything, but like all the time, not just, you know, once a year, like all the time. And now I feel like that was because 
that change would kind of like flip my perspective and then I would be feeling something different. There would be, you know, a real change in the energy. And it was like how I was trying to feel. And I would listen to, you know, really sad songs and watch, you know, sad movies or really dramatic movies because I really wanted to be allowed to feel feelings that I'd cut myself off from. And I used to watch like really violent movies. Like I loved kind of gory, stupid, violent movies, all of like the cold case, forensic files, Annie investigations. I loved those so much. And maybe that's why culturally boys really do love, you know, the violent video games and the intense, dramatic, gory stuff. Traditionally, it is changing, but maybe the reason is because we never, as a society, we never really encouraged men to feel their feelings or express anything other than anger. So they're probably really, really wanting to because boy babies and girl babies, I mean, they cry the same amount. But for so long, and it is changing from the friends of mine that I know that have kids, they're definitely bringing up their, their kids differently, but it wasn't really as socially acceptable for men to feel their feelings. And that's where I was. I didn't want to feel my feelings, but I still needed to activate something because I knew that I was craving to feel anything. So I went for kind of the more shocking things. But I don't love those as much anymore. Not since my late 20s. And that makes sense to me. Because then in my later 20s, I went through this huge heartbreak. And I finally had to... I had to. It was kind of... I mean, it was a little bit dramatic. I had no choice. I was like, okay, I'm going through this intense heartbreak. It was a big betrayal. I was actually married and then I was betrayed quite deeply. Didn't expect it. So big heartbreak, first real heartbreak. And it was time for me to break open so I could really feel my feelings again. But I didn't know how to feel them because I had turned them off so quickly as a teenager. Like I wouldn't even cry. I could cry in movies or for television shows, even a really sad song if I kind of like put myself there. So I still was able to like use my empathy, but it just wasn't like conscious. But I couldn't cry for myself. And when this betrayal happened, this big breakup, that was a gift. I was finally able to cry again. I had accessed myself again. So change is really important. And hopefully, hopefully, ideally, it would not be in a 
global pandemic, you know, betrayal of the person that you love. I hope that it's not that kind of change that kind of is the, the catalyst to start honoring how you're feeling and what you actually want in your life. Although to be fair, it may have been the global pandemic because it definitely made things crystal clear for me that were not before. So yeah, it definitely could have been the pandemic for you. But change, it does shake things up, which is obvious. I mean, there is like a cliche where it's, you will not, not verbatim, but something, something around of, you will not find the solution in the same place where you found the problem. I'm not sure who was the first one to quote that, but that makes so much sense. How on earth could you find the solution for something when you're looking at it in the same way? Just like I couldn't follow, embody, step into, however you want to say it, into my purpose while I was still working in my old corporate job. I couldn't magically find what I needed outside of myself in a place where it never was. But that's what I did for so many years, trying to change without shifting any of my perspective, just laterally moving through the same corporate industry. And like we've talked about before, but it's such an important lesson to learn, I feel, that to follow, to inquire, to get curious about your feelings, especially the more negative ones, because they are telling you something. They're trying to tell you something. But then the flip side of that is when you get curious about them and say you're in the job that you don't enjoy and you really realize, oh, you know what? There is nothing I can do to change this. This is all me. Like I do not fit here anymore. I'm not going to try to fit myself in here anymore. Well, very rarely are you allowed to just kind of quit on the spot when you realize that and allowing allowed meaning that you allow yourself. You know, people have mortgages, people have families. We have responsibilities. We have things that we need a paycheck for. And that is usually why we stay, why we think we do usually like the top reasons why we stay in a job that we don't like. I remember for me that when I was working with someone that was helping me understand my emotions and understand my energy and really understand what I wanted, then I truly understood like, oh, all of this frustration, all of this anger, and we talked about this before, but it feels important. Like all of these reactive feelings, this is telling me that there is something else that I should be doing because that is not how we should be feeling eight to 10 hours a day. Doesn't make any sense, but I couldn't you know, just fly away 
from my job at that time. So I was changing in the role. I all of a sudden felt okay about advocating for the employees that I was in charge of. I felt okay pushing back on corporate strategies that I thought were of a disservice to the employees and the company and the people that we were serving and the customers. I felt kind of empowered because I started to get clear about what I wanted and who I was. I started really connecting and tuning in to my intuition, which is the guidance that I had always been searching for. And I found it. I wasn't fully aware of how to access it all the time, but it was there. It was percolating. It was starting. But then, of course, because I had changed by remembering myself again, remembering my integrity, remembering my values, remembering who I was, my bosses did not like that. They hated it. And I had one of my big, big bosses come to me, book a meeting. And this is a person who had, you know, lauded me the year before, who I'd known for over 10 years. And the year before I had won this like industry award. And she was so just like, you know, my biggest fan for all those years because I was just fitting into however she needed to see me, whatever I needed to do to make sure that whatever she needed was done. Even if it wasn't even real, if it just seemed done to her, that's all I cared about. So when she came for the, our meeting that day, I assumed it would be like all of our other meetings, really positive. I would tell her what she needed to hear. It would be over quickly and nothing of substance would change or I wouldn't be honest about anything, but the status quo would have been kept. That's how it was. But now I was different. I was changing. I was changing back into who I really was. So it wasn't aligned with that anymore how I normally would do things. But I didn't really realize how much they, in quotes, my bosses, had noticed that I'd been changing too. And they had noticed it so much that she actually brought a human resources person with her to the meeting. And I naively thought that we were going to really find some solutions for the problems that I had found and that we would find, you know, we'd come together and really fix the things that needed fixing. But of course that wasn't what it was. The only thing that they thought that needed fixing was me and my attitude, which was shocking to me because that's what the meeting was for. My boss said, that I had changed and that I seemed so unhappy and that I was always complaining now. And this is somebody that I had known, that I had known for 10 years, who had always 
looked like, seemed like they'd been in my corner, but of course they weren't. It seemed, I perceived that they were in my corner because I was hired to do a job and I did that job better than they could have imagined. And I made their life really easy. But the moment that I realized, oh, and it took a long time as you've heard. And I was like, oh no, this isn't, this isn't working. Let, I can make this better. Let's, let's get this more aligned with, because I thought, because it wasn't aligning for me that I needed to help them change it because that must mean that it's not working for everybody. And to an extent that it was true because many people weren't super happy there, but that wasn't my job. That wasn't what I was hired to do at all. And when I started to have that journey of really understanding my feelings and connecting to and not just like pushing away that frustration with the company because I spent so much time there, so much of my life, I thought that I was doing the right thing. I was changing. But of course they weren't happy about it because that was not what I was hired to do. I wasn't hired as some kind of consultant to shake up and change the whole dynamic. They only cared about the bottom line. And when I started caring about a broader spectrum of things, they were not interested because they, that would mean so much more work for them. And they loved me for all that time because I made their work, their workload less. Like I made their job easier. Like that's always the best employee, the one that makes your job easy, not more difficult or give you, giving you more work. But I didn't see it as work. I saw it as, oh, I'm finally feeling like aligned with myself. And I was only unhappy because I wasn't being honest. And now I'm honest. And now all of these changes are really good for me. So I'm sure that they'll respond in a good way because I feel this so deeply that this is the right thing. But no, of course they didn't respond that way. They realized, oh, this is an employee that we cannot manage anymore because she's going against the grain of everything that we want her to do. So they came in and had this meeting, a meeting I've never had in my whole career of being, you know, kind of put in my place and almost given an ultimatum because they did mention like, well, maybe this isn't the right career for you anymore. Maybe this isn't the right place for you anymore. If you are this unhappy with how things are. And it's so amazing because they were right, but it really hurt my ego. So at the time my reaction was like total hurt and confusion. And I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't understand that when we change, then that changes how other people are going to react to us. And not everybody is going to be on board. Most of the people are not going to be very happy. Because like I said at the beginning, it's very rare when people enjoy 
changing or enjoy change. And when we change ourselves, then we are almost like forcing the change around us. And by nobody likes to change, I mean, nobody wants to change unless they decide. So they don't like that. And that's what I created. So of course I did change, but that being reflected back to me as a bad thing really hurt my feelings and upset me. And it was not a fun time. But looking back at it now, it really highlights to me how much trust we need in ourselves when we do want to make a big change in our life or, you know, change back into who we really are. Because most people won't enjoy it. And I always think of change as fire because it's like one of the biggest catalysts for change. It's that, you know, metaphorical idea around fire that people say like, oh, you can tell they're fired up or they've got their fire back and it really promotes like an action. And that's what you need when you want to change and make a change is you need something to motivate you. A lot of times that fire You'll start to feel it in yourself when you start to realize what you actually want in the changes you want to make. You'll get kind of lit up from inside. In the changes I was making in my own job, I didn't realize that not everybody wants to feel that fire or see it. The people that aren't on your side, and not in a, a villainous way, but just that you're not as important as they are to them, which is fine. But to those people, when you get your fire back or remember it and start really feeding it with your passions and with your trust and with your energy, the people that aren't looking out for your best interest, they're going to want to put that fire out or they're going to tell you that it burned them or they're going to tell you that it's dangerous and that it's not appropriate. And the people that do have your best interests and are truly supportive and will encourage that growth because they know that it is for your highest good and in turn the highest good of all, they will love the light that your fire is giving off. They may feel illuminated themselves by it. They may be inspired by it when they finally are, you know, lit up by your light, by that fire that you're burning. So when you're feeling that fire, if it is an uncomfortable emotion, it's probably calling for you to get curious and realize, oh, I'm create, I have something, some creative force to help create an action of change so that I can step into the path that I'm really supposed to be on. I really feel that sometimes if we can trust our emotions enough, then that anger or frustration is actually a fire that's like lighting up the path right in front of you. And it's not about reacting to it, but it's honoring why you're feeling that way. 
And if it is that you need to make a change, then I hope you can trust that intuitive fire that you feel. And if there are some people that are not super supportive of you changing, then that may actually be a great sign to trust your feelings even more. Well, I hope this week you are able to find some time for yourself. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Intuitive Seek. If you have any thoughts or questions, then please contact me through my website, treenlight.com, or through my Instagram at treenlight, T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. I will be opening space actually for three more clients at the end of August, and I always offer a free clarity session to see how I can support you. I have all of those links in my show notes at the bottom of the episode, so feel free to go and click there. Hugely appreciated if you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you feel called to give some support, then please share this episode with a friend, or you can also leave a review. Thank you again. Be kind to yourself, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.